The online giant Coupon is mostly known for its delivery services, particularly its rocket delivery service that ensures packages are delivered to your doorstep on the next day. Now, they have decided to branch out into the very popular and competitive OTT streaming platform industry, uh, really throwing down a gauntlet to giants like Netflix, which currently take up 40% of the entire market. Coupon Play is the new service's name, and it is currently available to existing WOW members. These are premium members of Coupon's delivery service, which only costs 2,900 won per month. Disney Plus is also set to launch a streaming service here in Korea. So uh, that does look like the competition in the OTT space is heating up in Korea. To give us a further analysis, we are joined by Seogang University School of Communications professor Yu Hyun-jae to talk about all of this joining us on the line. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you, Professor Yu. Thank you for joining yes, us. So, Coupon uh, has entered the OTT service. They're going to go up against Netflix, which is the biggest content provider in Korea mm-hmm. so far. Other popular services like Watcha, uh, Wave. What are your thoughts on uh, Coupon's business move? It really does echo what M- Amazon tried to do with their streaming service, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, first thing uh, came to my mind is the, uh, wow, it's uh, totally made sense. And then, you know, when we just talk about the creativity or the strategy, I think the, uh, the uh, you know, Coupang's case is a very good example, you know, of the other, uh, what kind of, you know, you know, uh, business mind the other uh, we should have the other. Uh, you know, uh, everything is just the uh, about convergence. And then, you know, they have already the uh, loyal customers. And then I think the other, uh, it's the good example of the uh, how can you just expand the uh, business, the uh, the field. So I think I'm looking forward to see what will be going on in this field. Yeah, and so what we know here in terms of price competitiveness with specifically Coupon Play is that Mm -hmm. it's a much more attractive offer, especially if you're an existing Coupon uh, customer and more especially if you are already a a subscriber to their WOW service because that that costs 2,900 won. That gives you benefits like um, uh, free next-day shipping. Also, it gives you benefits like... um, uh, you can do returns without paying a fee, but now you can have access to this uh, digital content. The problem is the content. Uh, they are trying to uh, gain more um, things to entice customers, including maybe um, rights to air Major League Baseball games. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to differentiate uh, with content because that's one area that they're going to have a little bit of a competitive disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, this strategy just the other made me think about the, uh, the one uh, very important marketing principle, 80 20 principle. So, meaning that the, uh, the 80% of sales is ba- uh, basically originated from the other uh, 20% of loyal customers. Mm. So, uh, I think the, uh, the uh, coupon already just analyzed the, uh, the, what will be going on in the inside of the, their own customers. So I'm sure the, uh, there are uh, very over, uh, many overlapped customers. Uh, for example, like uh, among the, uh, the their loyal customers, I think there will be uh, like a very sportholic, uh, sportholic, sports addicted uh, customers as well. So I think that they are just uh, trying to just uh, have that kind of move. I think that's very smart as well. So. Uh, you know, you know, who knows? Yeah, the day, uh, you know, I'm a, you know, coupon customer as well, and I'm a big fan of sports. And then, especially under this kind of, you know, crime, uh, a crisis. And then, you know, we should just stay at home. And then, right. you know, what, what a perfect combination of the strategy. 
Yeah, and so that you make a good point here because uh, just with IP, right, intellectual property, if you compare Disney Plus or Netflix, they just have so much of their own original programming and and, and content that uh, Coupang, uh, through acquisitions, maybe try to uh, compete with, but it's going to be difficult. But if you have a niche in sports, it seems like you're, you specifically are kind of right in that target demographic as already being a Coupang um, member, oh, yeah. also being a big sports fan, meaning that uh, all you have to do is a, kind of a, a simple download of the app and you can watch Major League Baseball and you can watch Yu Hyun Jin and uh, Chu Shin Su mm-hmm. and um, Kim Gwang Hyun play baseball on a daily basis. Now, mm-hmm. that's going to be um, a, certainly a, a great service and a very appealing prospect for a lot of potential customers as well. One of the factors that we talked about um, earlier, Professor, and you shared your analysis on was the um, conflict with Netflix and the Korean government um, and also SK Broadband, which mm-hmm. was regarding the network usage fees. And then we had the passage of the Netflix law so that uh, mm-hmm. companies would have to face some kind of liability for any service uh, disruptions or malfunctions. Is Coupon mm-hmm. also going to be I- included in that? Obviously, as an e-commerce giant, they are sort of in a mm-hmm. different category, but at the same time, they would certainly be subject to some regulations as well. So uh, this is just my opinion, but yeah, I think uh, you know the case of Coupon will be very different because the, uh, the you know, Coupon is yeah, obviously a Korean company, and then they have done uh, you know business in this country and in this society for many years. Meaning that the other day, I'm sure that they just checked already a lot of scenarios. So and that they checked the other all kind of laws or policies, and then even like uh, you know what kind of responses we will just the other uh, uh, encounter. Uh, you know, if we just the other do this kind of business, so. Uh, you know, uh, again, the other, uh, I'm sure the other, they have a lot of some portfolios about the other, you know, consumers and the consumers' behaviors and then emotions, et cetera. So, uh, Netflix, of course, the other, it was very smart, but the other, when we just, the other, uh, get into a new business, I'm sure the other, a lot of some resistance and the competitors, you know, they are not happy about that. And then, you know, coupon, you know, and the coupon play, I'm sure that they just already <laughs> a lot of some, you know, possibilities as well. So, uh, again, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what will be going on, you know, in this field yeah, as a, a marketing researcher. Okay. Now, if we talk about content and intellectual property, uh, we know that uh, Disney looms large. Their Disney Plus streaming platform has been quite successful in um, other markets, especially in the U.S. with the rollout. They are set to launch in Korea sometime this year. You can imagine a lot of kids, maybe our kids, will be clamoring to get this content. What are your thoughts on Disney Plus and how they will impact the Korean market? Yes, uh, you know, Disney Plus, that's very impressive. That That's very interesting to me as well because I have a small kid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, you know, we are very happy about that. But the the uh, you know always just newness and the Disney Plus, you know, hello, you know, that's the other very powerful like uh, you know content provider. So we are we are very interested in that kind of business. But I I don't know maybe for the time being the other Korean customers. Uh, and then, you know, including Korean customers, a lot of customers will just be able to give interest, you know, uh, for the time being. But, uh, you know, this is just zero-sum game. You know, we cannot be exposed to, like, uh, you know, all kind of media contents, you know, more than 24 hours, right? So, yeah. the, uh, I think in the long run, the, uh, the, 
you know, uh, Disney Plus and then other, you know, OTT competitors as well, you know, should just yeah, the play a, a, a huge role, you know, content and then uniqueness and then price uniqueness, et cetera. So they should just get a focus on those kinds of, you know, uh, uh, customer desire. Otherwise, the, maybe just the newness just, you know, will be ending like, uh, you know, very soon. So always just content is the, uh, the heart of the, uh, the OTT business. Yeah, and so the question then becomes, and the concern is the fragmentation of the market, right? Because each of these companies mm-hmm. have their own unique um, kind of uh, assets and uh, pros and cons. But if you want specific content, sometimes you have to subscribe to all of them. I know people in the U.S. who have, uh, let's say, they have a Netflix and then they have a Hulu and then they have a YouTube TV subscription, and they all are paying different services and subscriptions. And they end up paying, even though they cut the cord, so to speak, and get rid of their cable channel, they're paying almost as much now as their original cable TV subscription. And so you got to wonder, uh, is this going to be sustainable where you have all of these different platforms all asking for separate subscriptions uh, that it, there eventually is going to be either some consolidation or uh, some kind of um, uh, at least um, weaning out some of the weaker players? Mm-hmm. I think when we just talk about the expectation uh, in terms of you know, the customers' behaviors or the uh, the what was going on in this industry, I think uh, you know for me, uh, if we just you know, think about you know, the some I don't know think the, uh, uh, about the perspective of the customers, I think everything just seems very clear. You know, for the uh, the customers, so you know, uh, a media platform or the network TV or cable channel that doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. anything just available in the market. So for example, like uh, especially like the digital native the generation. They are super familiar with all kinds of technologies. So just could be like, uh, you know, OTT or could be network or et cetera. Doesn't matter. So the, uh, the, if they just have the other uh, 50 bucks and then maybe they will just allocate 50 bucks for the, uh, the, I don't know, 20% for the network TV, 20% of OTT, et cetera. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, from my, you know, a uh, 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 perspective, I think it will be more complicated. I think that's the other, uh, like, uh, you know, personality of the, uh, the new generation. So, uh, maybe the other, some OTT companies, including OTT companies, many media companies should prepare for the, uh, the, this kind of scenario. So, you know, uh, please believe it will be more and more and more complicated. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, that's it's, what it's... I teach in, in my classroom always. Right. And uh, I think a lot of your students are certainly uh, learning a lot in this uh, very kind of new pioneering frontier here, where as we're seeing the market landscape sort of uh, evolve right before our eyes. Professor Yu, uh, we're going to leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us. Always uh, appreciate your insights and look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you so much. emotional on you, but I I believe that this mission has given us our dreams back. You know, getting us back in space is going to allow us to choose science over superstition again. This morning, where vivid stories touch your heart's life.
The government has been uh, trying to stabilize the housing market with the uh, Deputy Prime Minister and the Minister of Economy and Finance, Hong Nam-gi, saying all policy capabilities should be leveraged to achieve uh, real estate market stabilization. And the new land minister, Pyeong Chang-hum, also proposing fast-track provision of homes through public-private cooperation. Let's talk about housing market prices and the landscape going forward in this new year, 2021. We're very pleased to be joined by Sungmyeon Women's University's Department of Economics Professor Shin Sedon on the line. Professor Shin, hello. Good morning. Happy New Year, Henry. Happy New Year to you, Professor Shin. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. So um, uh, how do you see the markets right now? The uh, KB Home Price Trend paper says Seoul apartment prices uh, jumped past 40 million won per 3.3 square meters. That's the uh, Pyeong traditional uh, unit of area used for uh, um, houses here in Korea. How significant is that increase and uh, what do you think has driven it? Well, 40 million one per 3.3 square meter is equivalent to one U.S. million dollar for about 1,000 square foot. Mm. You know, when I was in the state, I was living in a house, and uh, and, uh, and it is about 1,700 square feet. Mm. And if we translate the price of that house into Korean price, it's almost two million. That is. Wow. Average price. Yeah. So it is, it is horrendously high, and something is very wrong, especially the price of Seoul. And to the question, what has driven that? I think there are basically three reasons. First, fundamentally, the supply is in very, you know, short. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the Seoul area, there, was about, there is about 4 million units of apartment and house, and... Uh, and if we assume that about 5% of the, you know, uh, house has to, has to be renovated, that means about, you know, 200,000 uh, units to be renovated annually. And uh, the government plan so far has been way, you know, a shortage. So the basic the reason for the high price, I think, is the shortage of supply. And second, I think, Reason is uh, interest rate has been so low. I mean, yeah. historically, never have been lower than this time. So uh, uh, the low interest rate has contributed tremendously. And the third, I think that's a policy. The government has been uh, living very high taxes with the hope that you know people will kind of uh, put it in the market. But exactly opposite things has been happening, and so that the supply is decreasing very rapidly. Let's take a, let's talk about a market expectations then. Uh, there was a survey by the home search app Chikbang, and uh, about sixty percent of the uh, three thousand respondents say they believe home prices are going to go up. Uh, a lot of people say that because these Chunse and Walse ratio to housing price um, uh, rates are so high, like a Chunse could be eighty ninety percent of the uh, home housing price that people might just say, look, low interest rates, I'm just going to buy the house. What do you make of that reasoning? Yeah, that is 100% true. You know, people buy with the expectation that the future price will rise. But the you know, interesting thing is, that's kind of a circular reasoning mm. in the sense that with the expectation of higher prices, they begin to buy, and that action of buying is going to, you know, cause to raise the price. So that's kind of a circular, you know, reasoning. 
uh, uh, buying and higher price, and that, and that make you know people to buy more. In terms of the uh, more pessimistic, the bearish view, uh, the respondents of that same survey are saying, well, you know, we've got all these overpriced housing. There's a bubble. Uh, COVID-19 has an, uh, you know, economic impact. And maybe we're going to get more uh, increased supply from those uh, multi-home owners and also the higher taxes. So they have that expectation that prices will go down. It's a minority view. Do, do you think they, that reasoning has any sense? It's not just in the minority, it's a false, in the sense that, you know, if you look at the statistics, uh, the, the pace of rising prices of house has been very rapid in 2020 when, you know, COVID-19 has been tremendously affecting negatively in, in Korean markets. Mm. So, uh, COVID-19 has nothing to do with the price. Right. And the main thing is, you know, government has been putting more restrictions, more regulations, especially last year, 2020. And that has caused, you know, the price of house explode. So the real cause of the price of house is government policy. Well, there, there is a new land minister, uh, Pyeong Chang-hum. I, I'm curious as to your opinions on his outlook. He said in a New Year's address that the uh, staff and him won't try to um, shy away from trying to lessen the burden for Koreans worried about home price increases and rent shortage. He's talking about more apartment complexes uh, being redeveloped. How, what, what do you, how do you think the government should handle this task? Well, you know, as long as, you know, supply is concerned, there are two different supplies. One is new supply, you know, new apartment, you know. And the other one is uh, um, apartment uh, created by renovation. So renovation supply is actually supplementing or substituting one apartment into a better one. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually an increase in supply. It's kind of a remodeling right. and the remodification. So when people are talking about supply, we have to talk about the new supply. And in, in, in Seoul, it's very difficult to supply more, you know, because of the limitations of regulations, land, everything. So uh, the real cause of the problem in, in, in catching or uh, controlling the house price in Seoul, I think, is how to create new supply in Seoul area. From what you've been able to see with the government proposals, what do you think about the government policies this year uh, uh, and how they could affect the home prices? Well, you know, in the long run, in the long run, yeah, new supply has to be increased. But the real problem in rather short-term perspective all things started from the wrong government policy. So, so if government really wants to control the price, if they have to reverse, you know, the policy of higher taxes, higher regulations, especially for multi-homeowners. Otherwise, I think it's going to be very difficult, and it's going to take a, 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 at least five years, you know, to, to supply more new supply apartment in Seoul. So I assume then the uh, proposal by, let's say, uh, Noong Ne, who's a Supreme Council member, and then Yushimin, the the popular uh, broadcaster, who say, let's build more houses, but then also at the same time increase the taxes. You wouldn't necessarily agree with that proposal. Yeah, it's 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 uh, not just you know incorrect. It's reckless and irresponsible. You know, one a congressman says the hundred fifty thousand, but hundred fifty thousand new supply 
it's not enough. As I said, you know, in Seoul, there are 4 million apartments, and, uh, and at least, you know, at least I think uh, 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 several hundred apartments have to be supplied annually if you really want to control the price. So the real problem is reverse the higher taxes, because higher taxes make people to uh, uh, raising their prices of the apartment and houses. So I think the quick and the very effective solution to the price, I mean, in, in the controlling the price of the house, I think is to reverse the, uh, reverse the you know, tax policies and reverse the uh, regulation policies uh, concerning the uh, apartment ownership. Well, uh, with all of that analysis that you've given us, I guess the final question for you is maybe your prediction. Um, in your opinion, when do you think the housing price will be stabilized? And uh, do you think there could be, we need a soft landing. We, we, all our assets and wealth is tied up in real estate. Um, is there going to be a problem of a so-called housing bubble popping? Yeah, I think, you know, the key, poli- you know, key uh, question is the policy, as I said. So I think if the government is, you know, changed or, you know, the, the, the new government that is, at least in a couple of years, and the new government and new Congress will modify uh, the tax policies. And, and after that, I think the, the price of houses will be stabilized. In terms of the supply uh, new houses, I, it, I think it's going to take at least 10 years, you know, to uh, stabilize prices uh, uh, by supplying more in the stable apartment in Seoul area. Yeah, so I, I think the implication is then you're not necessarily concerned about a bubble or something like that popping or collapsing anytime soon in the near future. No, no. Uh, you know, only after new government and new Congress set up and, and uh, change the tax policies, uh, then I think, you know, the, the people's expectation will be kind of moderated and, 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 and the, the house, housing prices will begin to stabilize. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. It's almost counterintuitive because you would think, okay, if they have a little bit more of a, uh, a flexible outlook with, with taxation and, and uh, supply and housing, you would think, well, that would increase more speculation. But as you say, that, that might actually, um, uh, for people's psychology, actually uh, allow a little bit more rational uh, consumer behavior in regards to purchasing decisions. Yeah, uh, yeah. Many homeowners, yeah. You know, many homeowners, as far as, far as I know, uh, they wait for right. new government and new policy, especially right. about the tax-related you know, issues. Professor Shin, always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I want to wish you a happy new year once again. And ho- I know you'll be busy, but hopefully we can have you back again from time to time to get your analysis. Yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah, it's yeah, always my you know, pleasure being here. Thank you. That was Thank Professor you. Shin Sedon. That's going to take us to the end of the first hour of the program. We've got a lot more in store for you in the second hour, including NK Now and Economy Tutor, as well as some analysis after another check of traffic and weather.